This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Unnecessary roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's unnecessary roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down, end zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are in studio, Raider Nation. For the next three hours, we're taking the wheel over from JT the Brick, who went one hour long, one hour strong, but we're going to take it and hold it down for the next three hours. Myself and Devon Cotton back in the home studios after a day away at Allegiant Stadium. Had a heck of a time. I had a great, fantastic time at Allegiant Stadium, and I probably had a better time than some of the players out there on the field. But I'll tell you right now, man, being at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday was a great experience for me, uh, and I think that everyone that was there and was able to have a, be a part of that, it was a great experience. And I didn't really realize until I was out on the field after the show and I was talking to a few people, that, that experience with the state championship games being played at Allegiant Stadium last night, that really came together in a matter of about 10 days. That wasn't something that they had planned out for months on end and worked out some kinks and this, that, and the other. That thing came together quick, fast, and in a hurry. So for that to be able to come together as quickly as it did and still have as many fans that were there and still had a nice handful of games to be played, I thought that was a heck of a job. And so, of course, with that success, you only know that it's going to be a lot more success moving forward and they're going to be able to plan it out a little bit better, plan it out a little bit earlier, and then just move forward. So I'm excited about... Uh, Legion Stadium, and that that was the that was the big deal when the stadium came to Las Vegas when they when they built the stadium here in Las Vegas. You knew that there was going to be so many different events that that place was going to hold, and knowing that high school football state championship games is going to be one of them from now moving forward. That's going to be a really cool thing, not only for just the fans, but obviously the kids that are able to go out there and play, the participants out there, the coaches and everybody. So uh, had a good day at Allegiant Stadium on Thursday, but good to be back in the home studio, uh, holding it down on this Friday, closing out the week really strong as we prepare for another Raider home game coming up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. 105 is a kickoff. DeMond's happy because that means some mo' money, mo' money, mo' money for him. He'll have his uh, media relations jacket on. What exactly does media relations mean in your world? Or do you not know? I help you out, don't I? I mean, not really. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's so funny because I see you and I see you hustling around the press box, and I always wonder, like, what exactly is Demond doing? Because there's a there's a handful of you guys, and I know you guys are busy. I just never know exactly what it is you're doing. But I'm not saying that you're not, because I know you guys are super busy. You're not up there for no reason. But I just was like, what exactly do you guys do? You know what, Q? I'm asking a, a legit question. The child. No, I'm. Disrespecting the I job. swear to you, I was asking a legit Giving question. Giving you stats at halftime, end of the game stats, if you if you do so need them. Well, by the end of the game, I go down to the... Well, I mean, for the people that's writing this. That's, well, that's, that's one giving, thing you do. No, that's one thing you do, though. You're downstairs with the in the media sessions and everything, so you're always... Transcribing so people can know right. exactly what was that's said. That's right. You guys have to transcribe, too, huh? Yep. Oh, yeah, that's a lot. See, I'm, I'm asking a and legit that, question. I'm not, gonna, that is I'm not mo- goofing on you. I think that is the most important part of the job, of right. like the, the transcribing. No, I'm not goofing. After uh, the last game, I had uh, Patrick Holmes. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so it's just... And uh, man, I, it's like it's it's an honor to be in these in these press right, conference rooms. Right. Like, oh man, like, all these players. Right. But sometimes it's just like, man, can y'all get to the point? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> or you want to ask, or, or like when you guys ask your questions, hey, man, you ain't gotta ask too. Like, hey, man, 
I think I'll say this, and I say it all the time. Vinny is the king for asking the longest question. And Derek Carr is the king of, of responding the he longest. He's going to give you that yeah. long answer. <laughs> That's exactly how it is. Vinny, and I love me some Vinny Bonsignor who comes up in the huddle 4 to 6 p.m. Vinny will ask a long question. Vinny's asked me a question before when he was doing interviews before I was a, a, a actual official member of uh, Raider Nation Radio 920. He asked me a question one time, and he had so many different questions. I thought, what the hell question was it? Am I supposed to be answering here? Vinny be cracking me up sometimes. If we could groan while you guys are asking questions, because, like, man, I know he's going to take a long one on this one. <laughs> it's like, dang. Like, that's, that's going to be a lot of typing. Or when people start to move in their hands, right, it's right. like, how am I supposed to type out? Right. You know, and then he just went. <laughs> and you can see me moving my hand because I'd be like, yeah, man, you know, uh, that was a crazy play there when, right. Hunter, when Hunter did the move. When he, he did just, this and he went there and he did that. Yeah, that's true. You can't really yep, describe uh, that. I typed that up as best I can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, hey, look, I know that you guys have a, a, a difficult job. I'm, I just uh, always wondered exactly what you guys are res- res- responsible for. Uh, and clearly it's a lot of stuff there. Uh, got a text already on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Our guy Raider Jay from Sacramento said, "Demond is Day Day from next Friday. Top flight security of the world. <laughs> Demond do walk around like top flight security of the world. I like that. Oh man, no. Uh, this past Sunday, I was like, I was doing a lot of hustling around. You were. You almost got us Rod Woodson. Almost. Almost. And then we got JT'd. <laughs> it was like, oh, you can be on Q show or you can be on JT show. Oh, JT it is. I was listening to a story one time. I think it was Kevin Hart was telling a story about Damon Wayne's. Yeah. When he, uh, right. no, 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 no. It was one of the Wayne's brothers, but Chris Rock had took a lady from him at a oh. movie premiere. And he's like, hand that over to the proper authorities. <laughs> That's what JT did to us. Yeah, he hand got it. Hand that over to the proper authorities. That's all right. That's all right. Hey. Somebody handled that and know what to do with what they're doing with it. Right, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, no, you were, you were on your hustle and you were on your grind on Sunday, so I can appreciate that. But we will be back in Allegiant Stadium on Sunday. 105 is the kickoff. Uh, JT the Brick and Eric Allen, they'll have the official pregame show starting at 11 o'clock. 11 to 1 o'clock, they'll pass the sticks on to Lincoln Kennedy and Brent Musburger for the official call and. I was in the press box, man. I was in the booth. Yeah, tell us about it. I was in the booth that Brent calls everything from right there on the 50-yard line. It doesn't get any better than that, Doc. I mean, I was I was in my own zone. I promise you. I was. You know how loud I am in the building here. I was that loud to the point where people down the hallway in the press box like heard me. That's because I had the door open for a little while. I was that loud. My man Mike Taylor came in. He was like, Hugh, you good? I was like, oh, I'm great. He goes, yeah, I can hear it. <laughs> I can hear it. I was just in my own zone, man. I was in I was in my own zone, but being in that box, being in that booth was really cool, man. And I've been in a bunch of different, you know, uh, radio booths doing doing radio broadcasts for like high school football, but it's never been the one that was the booth, the the prime time booth. It's always the ones on the side, you know, like the visitors one or the Spanish broadcast booth or yada yada yada. This I mean this that the other. There's always a bunch of different booths to be in the one, the one. It's pretty awesome. So after now we, there was nothing in it. I was just <laughs> don't get it twisted. There. there was nothing in it, but you know, but it, just you, but just me. That's all I need. You in a unit? It's a you know. Sometimes uh, I've been told I need to stay in my own sandbox. On on Thursday, I was in my own sandbox by myself. So after the games, after well, after we finished the show, did you immediately go down to the field, or did you just stand? I the packed pre- up the, the stuff. Area? I packed up the stuff, and I I had it all so I can whenever I decide I was going to leave, that I could just roll out. And then all of a sudden, I looked up, and it was almost about to be halftime. So it was like two minutes before halftime. So I thought, well, let me just wait a few minutes. So I waited till about ten minutes and uh, into halftime. Then I decided to make my my way down to the field. And then once I got on the field, I never came off. And so it was it was pretty late when I left, but it was fun. 
I had a great time. So with that being said, having a great time at the game, I talked to uh, head coach Andy Ostalaza from Silverado. They came away with a big-time victory. He was very excited and fired up. His team was fired up, and they – I mean, they they just handled their business. You know, they really did. Everyone was expecting a, a big-time game between them and Shadow Ridge, and it was a big-time game at the beginning. But, man, they just they separated themselves pretty quick, fast, and in a hurry. And I can't get mad at that, man. It's just that's what happens. The state championship games, you know, the, the great separate themselves from the good. And um, Silverado was great. And so I got a couple minutes. I only had, took a couple minutes of his time. I had to catch up with them uh, following the game. And it's funny because I was down there watching the game. I was hanging out with my guy, Joe Arrigo, hanging out with TQ and, and, a, and a bunch of other cats. And I was like, man, I just want to watch the game. I really don't want to work. You know, sometimes you get in that mode where I don't really want to work. And then I thought, I'm right here. Get up off your shoulders and don't be lazy, man. This dude just won a state championship. Go over there and, and, and talk to him for a couple minutes and get his thoughts. So that's what I did. My, my, my smarter brain kicked in and said, you know what? Just do what you got to do. So uh, I, I thought it was cool. I had never met Coach in person. So it was a good time to introduce myself as well. So I got a couple minutes of his time. So you'll hear that conversation post-game. Uh, Silverado getting the victory over Shadow Ridge. You'll hear that coming up at 145. And it's at 145 because it's only a couple minutes long. So it's not going to take a, a whole long. It's not one of my, my epic 15, 16, 20-minute <laughs> interviews. Sometimes I'll send Damon an interview and he's like, really? <laughs> you, did you take the man's all his whole afternoon? <laughs> That's what happens sometimes. I get on a roll. I get on the roll. So you'll hear Coach uh, Andy Ostalaza coming up at 145 following Silverado's victory over Shadow Ridge. At 230, another guy that was at the game uh, yesterday and, and at the Allegiant Stadium yesterday, Brian Salmon from uh, News 3. He does covers the sports on News 3, and a lot of times he'll join us on the show here. So he's going to join us at 230. He'll talk about what he saw at Allegiant Stadium. He'll talk about the Raiders this weekend. He'll talk about UNLV, a lot of UNLV action going on tonight, football and basketball. And then, oh, by the way, there's a big fight going on this weekend as well. So there's a lot going on here in Las Vegas this weekend. I feel like I say that every single weekend, which is amazing. By the way, I'm going to get in a helicopter tomorrow. Let's go. Nervous at all? Huh? Nervous at all? Nah. What are right. we nervous for? What are we nervous for? Now, if they gave you a parachute and was like, you're ready to jump. I mean, no, I'm not, no, no, I'm not no, insane. I mean, like, would you, no. would you go skydiving? No, hell no. Right. I, I'm a bruh, man. You know what I mean? I went skydiving. I take it my, you would. Yeah, sure I did. take. I take, uh, you did already? Yeah, I did it for my 21st birthday, yeah. Oh, you're insane. You didn't want to see 22. You got a problem. <laughs> I tell everyone all the time, I, I bungee jumped when I was a young kid, man. My dad took me bungee jumping, right? I did it at the fair. You know, they always had the bungee jump thing at the fair. and I, I was, would not trust bungee was, jumping at the fair. Right, exactly. Exa See, at least you were smarter at that time. I walked by that thing every day at the fair, and I was like, man, I want to do that. And I kept saying, Dad, I want to do that. I kept it. My mom's like, ah, you, no, you shouldn't do that. And my dad's like, that's cool. You want to let the boy jump. If he wants to jump, let him jump. <laughs> <laughs> so I did it. When I got up there, I got all the way to the top. And then I realized, what the hell am I doing up here? And there's only two ways you can get down. You can go down or you can jump. If you go down, you embarrass yourself because, well, oh, look at that dummy. He got scared at the top and he ain't going to do it now. How old were you that you just cared about public perception this much? I've always cared about public perception. <laughs> <laughs> I've always cared, dog. There's always, because you got to think ahead, man. You got to think about, you know, when you start to see that crane start to rise Everyone starts looking like, oh, there goes another sucker. There goes another. And so everyone pays attention. And, you know, I was, I was still, I was probably like, I don't know, 12, 13. But, you know, I was, I was like trying to impress girls still at the time. You know, I was getting the haircut all the time. You know, I was getting little hairs on my chin and everything. You know what I mean? So I still had, a, I had, I had something I had to live up to. 
I got up there, man. My heart started pounding. That thing's popping out my chest. Boom. Boom. It's like, thong, 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 thong. you know what I mean? Like, I'm nervous. I don't know what to do. I probably had urinated on myself. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm tripping. I'm tri- There's no reason I'm supposed to be up here. And the guy's like, hey, are you nervous? I'm like, no. You know, lying, lying like, you know, I'm lying. <laughs> About to get me cussing on the radio. <laughs> That's how nervous I was, man. I was starting to get nervous just telling you the story. <laughs> My man. I got up there, and the dude said, okay, I want you to do a swan dive. Just swan dive. And he's like, that would be the best way to do it. And I said, swan dive? I was like, all right, cool, I got this. Well, look, man, I don't swim. I don't dive. I don't do any of that. And you too proud to ask, what do you mean by swan dive? Huh? No, I just was like, I'm not doing anything fancy. I just want to get down there, and I want to get down there safely. So I literally just kind of jumped. I had my <laughs> – I look like a damn spider monkey. I just kind of jumped, right? And I just went. And then all of a sudden, I was going, and I was going, and I was going. And then finally, man, when that thing hit that little pow and it bounced back up, I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. And so then they laid, they, you know, they lowered me down onto the big old whatever it is, the mat. And uh, the guy comes over to me, and I'm laying out there like I just got shot or something. You know what I'm like? <laughs> <laughs> He's like, are you okay? And I was like, no, no. <laughs> and so he starts, like, pumping on my chest and everything. <laughs> and I'm all, ah, that's all I could do. I was like, ah. You know, I'm fine. <laughs> Yo, this is the best story you've ever told. <laughs> hey, dog, because you know you do something when you're not, you don't want to do it, but you just do it. Remember, remember when, uh, who was it? He was Smokey didn't want to go into, uh, into Red's house, but Debo made him go into the house. You knew he didn't want to go in the house, but he did it anyway. Sometimes we get we, we fall victim like that. You didn't fall victim to nothing. You had the choice. No, I didn't. I was up there already. I wasn't I wasn't gonna embarrass myself. Come on, man. It's like falling down in front of the good good looking girl. You if you fall down in front of the good looking girl, you just stay down. You don't get back up. I bet nobody would have noticed if you would have came. I back bet up. everybody would have noticed. Your parents would have noticed because they the ones who took you. Yeah, and then I would have had to hear that. My dad been like, oh, man, you had. My mom would have been like, well, at least he got smart. My mom would have been on my side. We're like, okay, that's cool. She'd have had my back. My dad would have been like. Took you to the thing. I told. I convinced your mom to let you do it. Then you didn't even do it. So there you go. So yes, I bungee jumped once in my life. I tell you all that to tell you that I ain't never gonna do something like that again. So no, I would not jump out of an airplane or a helicopter. But you did. So what were you thinking? Uh, said some. Uh, had a nice price on Groupon. <laughs> got it. <laughs> so you jumped out of a helicopter because it was a good deal. Yes. Oh, you got, you got problems. a couple friends together. I, I thought like, I, I had, had problems. Guys. I thought, who were you trying to impress? Nobody. Oh, you really got a problem. At least if you're going to do something ignorant like that, at least try to impress somebody. Like I said, stealing the bike and going to see Cheryl, even though Cheryl didn't come out the house, at least have some kind of reward at the end Went of the Went with a couple of friends. You know how, like, when your friend's like, oh, you got to buy. And it was, I was just like, no, nah, I'm just going to jump to jump. And it's like, no, let's buy, like, the pictures and the video package as well. And then I bought it. I have never showed anyone the pictures of the video. Why? Was it that bad? No, it, it was a fun time, but it was just like, oh, I'm just. You just I, never. I think I got a video, too, of the bungee jump. Yeah, and it's I just, just like, don't know where it's at. Why would I ever show somebody this? <laughs> no one's just asking for it. Hey, man, have you ever bungee jumped? And if you did, you got the video? <laughs> I'm sorry. I've been waiting on this moment. <laughs> oh, man. Good stuff. Check out Groupon. Good deals, man. Uh, I can't believe you did it just because of Groupon. Because you got a good deal. That just, that, I, I know I've done some ignorant things, but that just sounds, that's screaming ignorant. Hey, what are you going to do today? Well, you know, Groupon has a good deal on helicopter you rides. Come? Or helicopter jumping. Oh, sounds good. Let's do it. Like most guys say, what are you going to do this weekend? I'm going to go to the park. No one says, oh, I got a good deal on Groupon. I'm going to go jump out a helicopter. No one does that except for you. 
Man. Well, fantastic start, start to the show. <laughs> As I mentioned, 145 coach Andy Ostalaza, Silverado head football coach. He'll join the show. Well, you'll hear the postgame conversation I had with him. It was a couple minutes long. 2.30, Brian Salmon, News 3 in Las Vegas. He'll join the show to talk about everything going on this weekend. That's how we got on that conversation. I started talking about me going on a helicopter ride. And then at 3 o'clock, we get down to business. Charles Davis from CBS Sports, he's going to be on the call on Sunday for Bengals Raiders. And uh, he's been on the show before when he was on the call for a Raiders game. And, man, he is fantastic, really good football mind. So he's going to join the show coming up at 3 o'clock to uh, talk about what he's going to be looking for in this game and uh, talk about the Bengals who are on a two-game losing streak, talk about the Raiders who are on a two-game losing streak. Bengals are sitting at 5-4. and four. Raiders are sitting at 5-4. and four. I mean, it can't be more evenly matched than that. Both teams need a victory. The Raiders are currently sitting in the number eight seed as far as AFC goes. They're out of the playoffs. Who's sitting in the number nine seed? The Bengals. So they both need victories. They both want victories. They're both going to be hungry to have victories. Who's going to come up with it? Well, we'll uh, we'll find out on Sunday, but we'll get a good idea from Charles Davis coming up at 3 o'clock. Uh, Lee Sterling from ParamountSports.com. He usually joins the show on Fridays for us about 3.30 or so. He usually joins the show, but... Uh, he was not able to join it today, but he did have a, a, a pick. He did have a thought on the UNLV Michigan hoop game tonight. And so uh, I was able to talk to him this morning and get his thoughts on this game. So you'll hear his thoughts on that. It's a 13 right now. UNLV is 13 and a half point underdogs. So Michigan is heavy, heavy favorites. So what does Lee Sterling think? What direction should you go? How can you win some money on UNLV Michigan? You'll find out a little bit later on the show as well. But I'm very excited about that. That's going to be a fantastic game at T-Mobile Arena. You going? I think so. I think so. I, I like got to find odds. out I got to find out where my credentials are at. Ooh. Because I know they're at Thomas and Mac, but this isn't at Thomas and Mac. It's at T-Mobile, so I don't know if I got to run to Thomas and Mac and pick them up and then go to T-Mobile, which I might have to, which is fine. We get off the air at you 4. You think it's some one of those things that's transferred over to and you didn't put in the credential for this event? So no, no, it's a season long one. Okay. You know, I hey man, I'm I'm a one credential dude. You know what I'm saying? I don't like to pick up more than one. I'm just one Cover me for the whole season. That's all I need. But I haven't picked it up yet. And I know the Renner Rebels are three games into their season already, but I haven't gone and picked it up yet. So kind of tells you where I've been and how I've been hanging out and where I've been going. But tonight. Sleeping on the team. Hey, man, look. Got a lot going on around here. So (laughs) can't make it to every single game, but I try to make it to as many as possible. So uh, we'll see what happens. I'll see if I can make it over to that game, pick up my credential, because I think that's going to be fun. Uh, UNLV, to their credit, 3-0 on the season, and Michigan is 2-1 after coming off a a surprising loss to Seton Hall. So uh, that's the lineup for the show today. Uh, I have a show question that I'm going to throw out there to you. Matter of fact, I'll throw it out to you right now. How about that? Who do you think needs to have the biggest role on Sunday? When you're looking at the Raiders, you're looking at them offensively and defensively. I want one person from offense and one person on defense. Who needs to have the biggest role? Who's going to be that alpha dog that says, hey, we're going to stop the bleeding. We're going to stop this. uh, This crack in the dam isn't going to get any bigger. We're stopping it, and we're stopping it today. Who are going to be those two guys? One guy on offense and one guy on defense. 702-365-9200. That is the Raider Nation listener line. Sam and Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Let us know about it. It's 119. When we come back, Rich Basaccia, the interim head coach of the Raiders, he met with the media a little earlier. We'll hear from him, and I'll get all your feedback on the Raider Nation listener line and the Sam and Ash text line. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. 125 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. Damon Cotton and your boy Q holding it down till 4 o'clock. 
Coming up in just a matter of minutes, you'll hear from interim head coach Rich Basaccia. He met with the media a little bit earlier. I did want to pass on this news, and I want to hit a couple calls real quick on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Amari Cooper has been placed on the reserve COVID-19 list and will miss the Cowboys' next two games. Who do the Cowboys play the next two games? Kansas City this week and the Raiders on Thanksgiving. So uh, hate to see any injury, hate to see players not participating because of injury, and really hate to see players not participating because of COVID-19. But uh, the Raiders will not be facing Amari Cooper on uh, Thanksgiving at Dallas at, uh, at AT&T Stadium because he is out with COVID-19. So uh, before we get to interim head coach Rich Basaccia and what he had to say today, let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line and talk to our guy Raider 27. What's on your mind, my man? Hey, man. You got to quit picking on Damone so much. I mean, just because you work 20 hours a day and Damone only works 18, Damone needs that other two hours to get in the weight room, man. <laughs> thank man, you. Thank you. you I'll never pick on him. On that poor young man. Come on. And then <laughs> I'm here waiting on hold, and y'all start bungee jumping and jumping out of airplanes. I got news for you. I'm not jumping out of nothing. I heard that. My feet are on the ground. There ain't never nothing like that going to happen. That's right. So my call's pretty boring. I mean, I just wanted to talk about the offensive line, but if you want um, uh, two players, I'm going to go with two offensive players that are going to be a key to winning Sunday, and that's going to be Alex Leatherwood and Brandon Parker. Ooh, okay. If those guys cannot take care of their business and not commit a bunch of stupid penalties, um, our offense will run, but our offense is never going to run as long as um, these guys are just whiffing on a block and the rushers are beating Carr to his spot. He, he, we cannot run our offense like that. You just can't do it. Impossible. And defensively, Jonathan Abram, we got to figure out a way to hide him because every team we're playing now is picking on Jonathan Abram. And it's like that poor guy, I feel bad for him because we never really ever got him to cover. We got him to be that box safety to get up there and stop the run and maybe cover, help cover tight ends. And, you know, teams quit picking on Denzel Perryman and started picking on Abram. So those are the people that really have to play better. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. I like uh, Alex Leatherwood and Brandon Parker kind of as a combo package. And then Jonathan Abram, uh, good stuff right there. And I'll say this, I'll never pick on DeMond. Never pick on DeMond. Uh, that dude works just as hard as I do. But, uh, no, that's my tag team partner, man. We don't – but he just – I mean, him jumping out the sky just because he jumped out the sky because, well, that's just what he wanted to do. It don't make any sense. And then, like, Groupon as well. Right. That doesn't make all day. Raider A said it on our Sam, our Sam and Ash text line at 69187 keyword R&R. He said it best. DeMond has proven the old saying. The only thing that falls out of the sky is bird poop and fools. LOL. I just still can't believe that you decided just out of nowhere. I'm going to jump out of a freaking helicopter because it's on discount. Like, hey, you saw the commercial. Hey, it's cheaper today. Let's go do this. Hey, who does that? I'm a sucker for a good deal. I'll tell you that right now. Anybody listening? Well, hey, look. Like, oh, boy. Look. I got some rental property in <laughs> on Mars that I'll sell you at a real good discount. Yeah, I'm the person like, yo, 30% off? 30% off what? No matter. Don't matter. Off? <laughs> it don't matter what it is. I'll take it as long as it's on discount. I heard that. I ain't mad at that. Let's go back out one more time to our guy, Passionate Raider. What's on your mind, my man? How you doing? Man, what's up, man? You too, man. You guys are a trip, man. Straight up trip. Straight up session listening to you too. That's what that is, the session. <laughs> hey, hey, 
I, man, this kind of hurt my heart today, man. I, I, I come across Darren Waller's interview, man, and I just kind of feel that uh, – I kind of feel that, man, he's kind of taking the easy way out, man, because you don't hear Travis Kelsey saying that. You don't hear any of these top players late, man. They're going to go out and eat. Go eat. I don't care if it's triple, double coverage, whatever. But then again, it makes me also think, man, maybe is that a little that a little arrow getting shot somewhere? To, hey, guys, I need some help. But my my guys, I want to see this week, Clay. The man before me took it out of my mouth, man. Those those, those two those two offensive linemen, man. That's going to dictate the flow of the game, man. And, and on defense, I need to see this linebacker core, man. They have been they have been MIA, man. 34, 52, 42. Well, I mean, man, they're gone, just nowhere to be seen. So if those if those those two positions don't step up, the rest of that team ain't going to be able to roll on Sunday, man, and it's going to be ugly, man. And then another thing, man, what do you think, man, if, we, if, if, if it was a fifth, if we don't win on Sunday, what is your optimism of the future? And what is your thoughts of maybe – let Mariota get some get some tick. If, if if when is the season? When do you guys really officially think the season is going to be over with for the Raiders this year, man? When when are we we? And one more thank you. Do you guys get paid more if the Raiders are losing or winning? Because man, it's got to be awful hard when they're losing to keep doing this, man. I, guys- th- thank you for the call. And we we don't get paid if they. If they lose every single game or if they win every single game, we get paid the same. And we don't get paid from the team at all. We ain't get – I mean, the, the, the team don't – it don't matter. Two losses in a row and it's already – when do we put in Mariota? Take no, it easy. No, no, no. And I, and I, I want to address that, that secondly. Uh, but, no, honestly, I mean, we do this all year long. We're going to do it all year long. Obviously, we talk about other things as well. But, I mean, it doesn't matter. The, the team could go 0-16, 0-17, and – you know, we're going to make it happen. We're going to make it do what it do. And if they go 17-0, great. That's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, our pay don't change. The only time our pay changes is when uh, those fine folks that call sponsors decide they want to put a little extra dough in our pockets. Then that's when our that's when our, our pay changes. But that don't have anything to do with the team. So, uh, yeah, that's that's one of those things that, it, it, yeah, they, we uh, I, I wish we did get paid. Um, based on, well, maybe I don't. I was about to say, <laughs> maybe I don't. Hold up there. <laughs> Looking at the last two losses. I mean, they get, look, the thing about them, they go to work and they get paid regardless. Win or loss, they get paid as long as they go out there and play. They're good, you know, but no, it doesn't it have anything to do with us. As far as the, the season, I feel like this game coming up on Sunday is about as close to a must win as possible without being mathematically um, eliminated. And why I say that is because I just think mentally they need – they need to get over the hump. And what really stood out to me yesterday, you mentioned Darren Waller, his media session. The media session that stood out to me the most was Josh Jacobs. And Jacobs had, I think Deshaun Reed asked him the question about how do you stop the second half uh, season collapse? And how do you know that this is not one of those again, like you've had the last two seasons? And Josh Jacobs said, Whew. I mean, that's you heard that. And he's like, that's a good question. To me, that right there told me that there could be a little bit of that creeping in his mind. Like, is this not saying that it is, but saying that, Hey, is this one of those starts of the second half collapses? And so that's what really stood out to me. And what Josh Jacobs also had to say about the rug situation, how, how hard that hit him. You know, we all talk about, Oh, well, they're professionals. They're just going to get over it. This dude's been tight with this dude. I mean, tight with this dude for years. So, uh, and, and Josh Jacobs, if you know, Josh Jacobs, if you listen to him at all, 
he doesn't really answer questions with a long answer. He's not Derek Carr. Where Derek Carr will go two minutes long, two and a half minutes long on a, on an answer. Josh Jacobs went a minute and a half responding to the emotions of everything that's going on off the field this season. A minute and a half for Josh Jacobs is like, that's a very, I mean, that's a long answer regardless, pretty much for anybody. But for Josh Jacobs, that lets you know how much that meant to him because he was talking about it in a major way. I think we might have that sound bite. You might have to check it if uh, Juan hooked us up the the way that uh, we think he hooked us up. If not, um, then don't worry about it. But uh, it might be in there. Here we go. Here this uh, here here's this sound bite from Josh Jacobs just off all uh, on all the off the field issues uh, that have gone on and how that has affected him uh, mentally. For me, it's been a lot harder. Um... Um, just with the situations that have come, like even with, with Gru and with, with uh, Henry, um, just because I, I love them dudes, you know what I'm saying? Like um, with Henry especially, like just seeing him, like everything around that whole week reminded me of him. Um, he's right next to me in stretch when we go off for offense and we go to defense, like he he's right next, there next to me. And, I mean, I've spent what the last – five five years with him, you know what I'm saying? So I definitely had a deeper uh, emotional standpoint from um, with that. And um, man, I mean, it made it, it made coming to practice weird. It made being around people a little weird for me. Um, but I mean, I've sat down and I've talked to him and um, man, I told him, I'm like, yeah, he, he, he gave me some encouraging words, which is crazy. He was just telling me like, you know what I'm saying? You still gotta do what you gotta do and things like that. So, I mean, I try to come out that next game um, in New York and, and play, you know what I'm saying? And that was kind of my thing. Like, I kind of got emotional before the game. Um, but once I stepped on the field that day, I was just like, I'm going to put it out on the line. Um, and it was probably one of my best games this year. So, yeah, just try to come back to that, get to, back to, the, to, to football and then get back to the love of the game and just have fun with it, you know what I'm saying? Have you been able to talk to him? And- yeah, yeah. I actually, I actually been over there a couple times um, to his house and talked to him and talked to his family. Um, I kept in contact with all of them throughout the whole process. Um, like I said, man, I know his whole family. I know his mentor. I know everybody. You know what I'm saying? Like I've been knowing everybody. So, yeah, it was definitely emotional for me. So that just tells you right there again, Josh Jacobs doesn't give a long, detailed answer ever. You could be having a one-on-one conversation with him. He's not going to give you that long, detailed answer. And that lets you know right there how much that meant to him, how, how emotional that whole situation was. And you heard him say, got emotional on the, you know, before I hit the field in New York. And that was his best game of the season. And he still didn't go over 100 yards, but that was the best game. I thought they went away from him too early. Thought he had an opportunity to cook. I mean, early in the game, I thought, okay, Jacobs is going to have him a big-time game. And then all of a sudden, they kind of went away from him. I thought that was a mistake. But that was definitely his his best game. So maybe he can uh, you know get that that inner or channel that uh, that inner emotion because they're going to need it and they're going to need everybody to perform coming up on Sunday. Now, uh, thank you for those calls. We do appreciate you. I do want to go real quick to uh, interim head coach Rich Basaccia. He met with the media earlier today. He'll give you an update on injuries and just kind of the what what, what the, the the feelings of the team is uh, going into the weekend and going into the game on Sunday. Questions. Rich, um, it's been uh, two weeks now with uh, Deshaun Jackson. How are you, um, you know, uh, feeling about his progress, uh, getting acclimated to this playbook, uh, and his opportunities to expand uh, his role? Yeah, we were just we were with Will walking down the hall, and, and him and I were talking smack to each other. And he said, "Coach, I'm just I'm feeling more comfortable now. I'm feeling more comfortable." So I think that's a good sign. I think those guys on offense, Ole and certainly Edgar and, and Nick, have done a great job with him. He's been a quick study. Been around a long time. He's a really bright guy. And um, 
So I think he's done a good job to get himself where we can get uh, hopefully more looks for him. So we'll be excited about seeing him play. How, how big was it uh, to get that connection that, the, that Derek and he did? Uh, I know the outcome was the outcome, but just the fact that they were able in a quick week be able to connect on that. Yeah, I think professionally those things are difficult, you know, when you get a guy in the middle of the movie um, to come in and do that. But, you know, he's, he's, he's a pro and then, Derek is such a pro, and you know, Derek wants the best outcome for our offense. So they did a good job of getting together off to the side when we were in the defensive set. They did a good job, a good job of getting together, meeting to some degree, and and then Nick and Edgar, I can't express enough, you know, how much time they spent with them. And then a credit to DJ, he's come in early, he stayed a little bit later, and he's you know he's just really a bright guy, and certainly he gets offensive concepts, and so um, it should be better. Rich, you, got, you got a few guys banged up this week. Uh, you have any kind of final updates ahead of Yeah, I do. Um, the, the two that for sure won't go are, are um, Nick Kwiatkowski and, and Keyshawn. Those are the two right now that will not go. Some of the other guys have had some knickknacks and have worked in different parts of practice. Um, uh, but hopefully we'll have all those guys for the game, and I think something will get done here with Alec um, relatively soon. Do you feel like your team is, has the right – perspective of what where they are right now. I mean, they're still right there in the playoff race, even with two straight losses. People are talking about gloom and doom, but you guys are right there. Do you feel the team is in the right mindset? Right yeah, now? I feel like our team um, feels like they're in good position. I feel like they, they think they got to go out and perform well and have a chance to win this particular game. And I think that's, you know, I think I've alluded to it before. We're, we're trying to work in five-day increments, you know, with our preparation and then hopefully the presentation um, can always get a little bit better. We're trying to improve every day at everything we're trying to do and uh, see how the outcome is. So we're, we're looking forward to having a chance to play again. Coach, the Bengals are also kind of in the same position with their 5 and 4 coming off the two straight losses, and they're probably going to come out and play des like desperately. Uh, what do you think you can bring out of your team to play with that same desperation? Yeah, I, I really can't talk for the Bengals. I could just talk, you know, for us. Again, I think we're in a good position. We've had a good week of practice. We've had a good week of preparation. Um, again, I think we're excited about seeing what the preparation looks like for the presentation of the game come Sunday afternoon. I know we're excited about playing football again. You know, AJ Cole, <clears throat> excuse me, AJ Cole had to make a football play, um, you know, on that tackle that he made. But as the special teams coach, and, you know, understanding that it came down to that last line of defense right there, and he needs to make a play. But as the special teams coach as well, did you kind of hold your breath a little bit when your punter had to get in there and make that kind of a play? Well, I held my breath a little bit more on the giant play, you know, when he didn't see it coming. So this was a particular situation where he got himself in the right place and he had an opportunity to make a tackle and he's worked on tackling and ends up being a, a good play for us, you know. So, but every play is a football play, Ben, whether you're punting it sure. or catching it sure, or running sure. or so. But, um, yeah, I, he just had to make the play. And if nothing else, he gave us a chance to, for the guys to catch back up, you know. I know we asked about you. We asked about this earlier in the week, but now that we're closer, how how much differently does the game look, and, and like the the planning after the game look when you're playing right away on Thursday? Like, is it do you have to turn the page quicker Sunday? Is it you know starting already to kind of look at two games in five days, or how do you kind of approach that? Well, I think coaches have done some preparation, you know, pre-preparation. I think the players are. We just got through. We call it fast and a finish Friday. Thought it was really well done by the players. Um, we're going to get something good to eat. I'm sure they are, and uh, be smart tonight, and then hopefully have a really good day tomorrow of preparation and get ready to play Cincinnati Bengals here on Sunday. What's the uh, biggest challenge the Bengals present, you think? Yeah, obviously on offense, um, they're, they're really uh, playing well running the football. Um, they're chewing up the clock. They're 
They're um, playing physical up front on their offensive line. And then what Joe Burrow's been able to do and play action and with their young receiver and the way in which they're playing on the outside uh, presents big problems to us. Their play action game has become um, really something to, to pay attention to, and, and they've had some explosive plays. And then on defense, they, they know what to do. They do a good job lining up. I've known Lou for a long time. Um, so they're, they're playing physical and they're playing fast. And uh, they've become a little bit of a turnover bunch. I know early in the year when they've had the three wins in a row, they, they've done a good job getting the ball out. So um, I think they're well coached in the kicking game. Darren Simmons has been there for a long, long time. They have a new young kicker that's playing pretty well for the most part. And uh, they're, they're really good in the return game. Always have been. They hit us for a big one a few years ago. So this is a present a really good challenge for all of us in all three phases. You set? Okay. Thank you. So there it is right there. Interim head coach Rich Basaccia, short and sweet, about five, six minutes. Uh, and just kind of gives you an update on the injuries, let you know what he thinks about the upcoming opponent, the Cincinnati Bengals. And, again, he's doing it in five-day increments. Not looking too forward, not looking ahead to Dallas on Thanksgiving, just worried about this game on Sunday against the Bengals because, again, as I mentioned, I feel like this is a game that they really have to have. So uh, we want to keep that feedback coming at 702-365-9200 and also the Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Who do you think needs to have a big role? Who do you think needs to play that big role on Sunday? I'm looking for one offensively and one defensively. You can hit us up. We also have coming up next, we have Coach Andy Ostalaza. You're going to hear from him. It's only about two and a half minutes post game uh, on the field right there at Allegiant Stadium after coming up over the vi- coming with the victory over Shadow Ridge. So you'll hear that, but you'll also hear from uh, yourself as well. Like I said, uh, Sam and Ash text line and the Raider Nation listener line are all coming up next as we close out hour number one. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Hall of Famer Tim Brown. And you listen to Raider Nation 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. 146 is the time here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Got a few minutes left in hour number one. Don't worry, we're going three hours long, three hours strong. We got plenty of time for calls. We have plenty of time for texts. And uh, we got a lot of good interviews along the way. Brian Salmon from News 3 Las Vegas will join us at 2.30 to talk about everything going on in the city, including the Raiders and Bengals, including UNLV in Michigan, including UNLV in San Diego State as far as uh, football goes. I mean, there's a lot going on. Oh, by the way, there's a big-time fight going on. So we'll be talking all things that's going on in the city with Brian coming up at 2.30 and at 3 clock Charles Davis from CBS Sports he'll be on the call for Bengals and Raiders he'll talk to him but right now I want to get to coach Andy Ostalaza we talked to him earlier in the week as uh, Silverado is preparing for the state championship game against Shadow Ridge well I got a chance to catch up with him last night following the game for only a couple minutes but here's that conversation Silverado gets the victory here in uh, state championship game 61-27 over Shadow Ridge and right now with uh, coach Andy Ostalaza here on the field how do you feel after getting that victory we talked about it earlier in the week how do you feel uh, this is awesome. I, first, I want to give credit to Coach Foster and the Shadow Ridge team. Uh, like I said, me and Travis, we go back a ways. It's awesome for his program to be here. I'm glad, um, you know, that it was both of us here in the end. Um, as far as our team, tonight, I go, we had so many big playmakers, starting with our quarterback, uh, hitting so many of our receivers tonight. And for our defense to come up big, especially at the beginning of the second half and come up with two defensive touchdowns, I, th- I think obviously that that played into the the game turning out the way it did. You know, we talked earlier in the week about you know being here in Allegiant Stadium, being able to play on this massive field in this massive stadium. What did it mean to your team and the community that's behind you? Well, I can tell you, if you look at the community and you see how it's important, how important it was to our community, how many people come out. We're one of the smallest enrolled schools now, but to have this fan base is awesome. 
And it really is. And they've been cheering loud and proud the whole game. And, and your team's been flying around the field and came away with this big victory. So when it finally sinks in, what are your thoughts going to be? After 26 years, <laughs> it's an unbelievable feeling. Finished undefeated. Um, and just, you know, just a great season with, with so many young kids. Coming off the pandemic, it just made it that much more special that we had to sit over a year to wait for this. It's an awesome feeling. Final question for you. Any messages you want to send to the ones that weren't fortunate enough to be able to even play last year? We, you know, we had probably the best running back in the state who missed his senior year. We have some awesome linemen that left us, and it, it really hurt me that those guys couldn't play. I hope that this gives them a little bit of, you know, a little bit of their senior year back for them. This all is, is done with them as well. Well, congratulations, Coach. Go enjoy it with your team. Thank you. There he goes right there, Coach Andy Ostalaza. Like I said, short and sweet. I didn't want to take up too much of his time. We were right there on the field. Uh, another game was preparing. Uh, matter of fact, Moapa Valley and Virgin Valley was about to prepare. And so I got that opportunity. Shout out to Moapa Valley, who uh, came up with the victory in that state championship game. But uh, Coach Ostalaza, man, a real good dude. Uh, it was nice to catch up with him and uh, talk to him after winning a, a state championship. And I don't think there's anything better, uh, at least on that level, winning a state championship and just going out and seeing all the smiles on the kids' faces, seeing them running around. I couldn't tell you how many players from that team shook my hand yesterday thanks for being here thanks for being here thanks for being here they don't know me from adam but just to know that they were just so excited to see anybody there you know just cheering them on and, and, and watching the game and and giving them the coverage on the radio and so they were so fired up and so happy that's the kind of thing that i think is just really cool so uh it, it was a pleasure to be there like i said at Allegiant Stadium. Let's hustle out to the Raider Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Got a lot of good stuff to talk about. How about 901 Raider? What's on your mind, my man? What's going on, Q? Yeah, man. Um, you know, you're talking about two players that we got to get involved. We got to get Darren Waller more involved, man. We got to learn how to use Darren Waller against other teams the way Kansas City has Travis Kelsey against us because he's a, he's a, he's a much better weapon that we don't take advantage of and exploit. And on the, on the defensive side, Max has got to get more pressure on Joe Burrow. I mean, he's a young quarterback, and I think he's one of these times that he, he takes a good lick. Like Al said, he got to take a lick. He got to get hit hard at the beginning of the game, and he got to go down hard. Then he's going to start hearing footsteps and chasing ghosts. So that's my take on it, partner. I like it. I like it. Good stuff right there. And, and I, hey, man, if I could give you a high five right now, I would because I've been pounding the table. I better not hit the wall because last time I hit the wall, <laughs> stuff started falling off it. So I'll hit the table. I've been pounding the table for Darren Waller to get involved. I would love to see him get more involved. And I wish that – I hope someone's listening. I hope DC's listening. I hope any of the C's are listening. If it's Darren, if it's David, <laughs> if it's – I mean, I don't care. Somebody just say, hey, man, get Waller involved. I believe – and I had someone question me and say, oh, he ain't a superstar. I think he's a superstar. We always say he's a top three uh, tight end, and it don't matter what order you put him in. Waller, Kelsey, and Kittle. That's what we always say. Now all of a sudden he hasn't been performing and hasn't been getting a ton of targets. Now it's like, oh, he's just a good player. No, he's damn good. He's just not getting targeted. And I agree with what you're saying with Max. Max is getting great pressure. Ngakwe is getting great pressure. But like I said the last couple days, a couple more sacks. A couple more sacks. A couple more sacks is what I want to see. Q, we always get the area codes. You know where that one's from, right? 901? Yeah. I don't know where that one's from. You don't from. know where that's from? No, where is that? Oh, let me go ahead. I know you're excited, though. You got a smile. Memphis, 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 Memphis. Nothing but Memphis. Everywhere we go, it's Memphis. Memphis, Tennessee. The beautiful land in the world. Nice. The 901. Nice. Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis. Rest in peace, young Dolph, right? Wasn't he from Memphis? Yes, he was. Memphis got him. 
Yeah, I actually, I talked about Nina Davis the other day, right? I brought her up. This is so funny how things come full circle. I talked about Nina Davis the other day, um, and she went to Baylor. She was a, a women's basketball player, a hell of a basketball player. She's from, I believe she's from Memphis. I'll look it up real quick. I think she's either from Memphis or she's on the coaching staff there at Memphis now. It's one, Or maybe both. <laughs> it could be both. But uh, I think she's got those Memphis roots. She's a, uh, man, you want to talk about a hell of a basketball player. If you want to get inspired by somebody that you look at them. She is from Memphis. There you go. Is she on the coaching staff at Memphis? I bet you she is. I think she's, because I, I, I remember talking to her. I think she said I get to go back home. Everyone likes to go back home. I look it up. I've only seen the born. Yeah. Okay. Well, check what, where she's coaching right now. I think she's coaching with Memphis. Just look her up on Twitter. Dude. Oh, no. She's at M- MTSU. Memphisboro. What? Memphisboro. Can you say that faster? Memphisboro. <laughs> I don't understand. What did, what did you say? <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, like Kevin Byard, the uh, Kevin Byard, the safety for the Titans. Like yeah. they call, he went to MTSU and they called okay. him the mayor, the mayor of Memphisboro. Okay, all right, man. You said that so damn fast. I know I talk fast, and I was like, "What are you doing? You hit me with a different language or different lingo?" <laughs> like this is one of the like I don't know what I'm saying wrong here, Memphisboro. <laughs> oh man, you're my guy. You are my guy. Anyway, that's how I got on that. But no, I would like to see Max and uh, and Gakwe get get a couple more sacks. Now you know. Six and five is not bad, but I'd like to see them get home just a little bit more. I uh, got a text, 69187, keyword R&R. That's the Salmon Ash text line. I don't see a problem with starting Mariota if they lose the Bengals game. And it's not about being done with Carr necessarily. It's about trying to find a spark and not just continue to do the same thing while expecting different results. Now, and I guess I really never answered when Passionate Raider said about, uh, you know, the, the season being wrapped up. I, I mean, this this game is so important. And I did mention that I felt like this game – you, it's, it's almost a must win without being a mathematical eliminator. You know what I mean? Like th- it's, it's technically not a must win because they can still find a way to get into the playoffs. I mean, they're not eliminated because, well, the AFC is all bunched up, but man, for themselves, they got to get this dub. They really do just for themselves to kind of give them some, some confidence. So that, so that doubt doesn't creep into their mind. Cause that's what it's about at this point. I think it's about doubt. And if they lose this game to Cincinnati, even though Cincinnati is a, is a good team, a good opponent, it's going to be a tough game. That doubt's going to creep in their mind, and then that could be all bad. I don't know when you say, hey, all right, D.C., let's go ahead and and try to find someone else or try to, you know, go ahead and let Marcus go out there and try to get a spark or whatever. I don't really know if if, if you're going to find a spark. You know, does that make sense? Yes, if anything, I think that hurts morale. If you're talking about your top five passing yard quarterback, and then it's like, ah, oh, we're we just going to try something different. Right. If you're someone else, like, let's say you don't got those that same connection with Mariota, like, are they giving up on us already? Right. Yeah, see, that's, yeah. It's one of those things where they say, oh, has he lost the locker room? Right. I don't think he's lost the locker room. Every week he gets up to speak, we all say, oh, man, Derek Carr, like, man, if anybody can handle this, it's Derek Carr. He hasn't lost the locker room. I don't think people are tuning no. him out. I don't think so either. I think that. If the if Raiders anything, putting Mariota in, that would be like people would be like, man, what the hell is going on? What's going on? Out on? Here? Right. And then that's almost like waving the white flag. Exactly. Right. It's similar to when Denver traded off Von Miller. I thought, oh, that's a wrap. Now they went out there and beat the brakes off the Cowboys, but I feel like they really came back down to earth now. And Denver, we all know that Denver's going to just, you know, settle at the bottom of the AFC West, in my opinion. Now, who knows what happens, but in my opinion, that's what they do. I, I don't think that the quarterback position is actually addressed until the season ends, and that's depending on what happens with the season. You know what I mean? I think there's so much football to still be played that it can go multiple different ways, if that makes sense. 
that's that's kind of how I look at it right there. So, uh, but thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. I got some more texts on the Salmon Ash text line at 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up at 2.30, Brian Salmon, News 3, Las Vegas. He'll join us to talk all things Raiders, break down everything that's going on in the city. Uh, that's going to be a fun conversation because, man, there is plenty going on, <laughs> plenty going on in the city of Las Vegas this weekend. Come back. We'll take some more calls. We'll take some more texts. 702-365-9200 and 69187, keyword R&R. This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. 